sexy, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're so <laughs> Start spreading <laughs> the podcast. Tam and Sir Sock, we're leaving today. No, we're not leaving. But we're, we're staying. York, we're staying in New York City and we are recording a podcast from New York City. Yes. Li- I, I really want to say one day, live in New York City. It's not live in New York City, but one day it will be because we're going to manifest it, aren't we, Roxy? Yes. You guys want us to be live in New York City for sure, right? And I have a question for you what okay. musical is this from okay, okay you ready I'm, like, I'm gonna butcher it pop six <laughs> Cicero, she had it coming. She had, oh, come on. Okay, okay. She All that had, jazz? Y- yes, but what musical? Had himself to blame. Wait, and Chicago? It, Roxy Hart, Chicago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do I win? Me. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna, you're not going to ask me to sing, are you? No, we're not. <laughs> okay, thank God. We have the coolest guest guys on oh, the show today. Um, I didn't know know how obsessed people were with tr- true crime until all my friends started talking about true crime because I'm a little bit of a wuss. <laughs> and before I go to sleep, I'm like, no, I need to like meditate into my abyss. And then I turn on some kind of true crime show and then I'm just down the rabbit hole and then I can't sleep. And I feel like the wind that's coming in my window is like someone coming to kill me. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It's just you, this, Roxy. <laughs> it's just me in the background. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's crazy because ever since I was young, Young. And I think it goes back to when I would watch 2020 and Dateline with my yeah. parents growing up. Yeah. I have been obsessed with serial killers. Wow. I, <laughs> Do you lead with that in your profile of dating? <laughs> Must love serial killers, you know? Or maybe I am one. <laughs> Just tempt me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Just try. No, but it's 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 fascinating to me to yeah. hear their, you know, what makes them tick and like their mindset and like how did how they mm-hmm. do these things. Like yeah. It's just, it's so crazy. So we're really excited for our guest here today. And she's a pretty big yes. true crime person. We yes. actually got one of the best to come on our show as our first true crime podcast. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So sweet. Yeah. So exciting. So today we've got the one and only Catherine Townsend. She is the host of Helen Gone Podcast. She's an author. She's an investigator. She has written so many amazing articles about this subject. She is the utmost authority about true crime. So without further ado... Here she is. <laughs> I hope I can live up to that introduction. Okay. Yes. I have something that's been happening next door to my house. Oh. <laughs> and I felt like it was a really good introduction to this show because I want to ask you what you think is going on. Oh, I love it. Okay. I love, you ready? It. I love a good next door neighbor caper. What's going on? Okay. And they probably don't listen. And if they do, I might not be here next week because I'm like, they might have done. No. If anything bad happens to you, I promise you, I will make a podcast about it. Okay, okay, thank you. It I thought you were going to say like you would come and help me. But I yeah, would. No, okay, no, okay. Would. But Just you'll make a disappear. podcast about it. <laughs> absolutely make a podcast about yeah, it. Yeah, okay, and okay. So <clears throat> the people next to us have a little girl and they were very nice when we first met them and they have gone so recluse. We never see them. Mm. We never see them outside. We never see the little girl. When they enter into their house, I know, look at your eyes. Yeah. Your, your eyeballs are like Uh-oh. binging out. Yeah. When, when we, they enter into the house, they enter in their car that now has um, dark shades and they've, <gasps> they've tinted their windows and the door shuts of the garage 
literally they get the car enters the door shuts but my husband was like doing a little sneak peek and she entered into i don't know if this is a thing she entered into the house from the mm. garage backwards um could be could be something could be nothing um do you have a ring or do you have a security camera they do kind? but we don't but then i've got a new puppy and i don't know if you know about this mm. she keeps running to this spot next to their house <gasps> Like, we take her out and she runs straight there. Even if she's across the road, she'll run straight back to that spot. What does that mean? So you're thinking maybe they're hiding a body in there. <gasps> maybe. <laughs> That's what you're, is that where you're going with that? Maybe. Maybe the wife killed the husband. I don't know. <gasps> well, can you see any of the people? I mean, do you, do you don't see them? It's literally just tinted windows. No, and- I have seen the mom and the dad. I've mm. heard the daughter scream once. Um, okay, this is getting worse. Now I know. you heard the daughter scream <laughs> yes. once. She's little. She's like four. But, you know, I've got a four-year-old and I've got mm. a nine-year-old and they're constantly, you know this, mm-hmm. they're constantly yeah. outside and they're playing and they're loud and they're, we don't hear anything. Yeah, is, it, is it weird? It's weird. Yes. Okay, it's, it's a little weird. odd. Especially, um, I've seen a lot of cases where something bad will be going on in a home and maybe someone is homeschooling their kids, mm. but not doing, you know, not really homeschooling them. And right. there can be a lot of weird things going on behind closed doors for sure. <gasps> I mean, I don't want to make thing? you paranoid. What's the dog thing? The dog Why do thing? dogs run to a certain oh, area you next know, to yes. a spot in the house? No, look, I mean, your puppy, I'm assuming, is not a trained cadaver dog. So it's not like, <laughs> you know, that could literally be nothing, but. Yeah, that, could, that, be I, I mean, could be something. Yeah, I don't know. Start it's, digging for bones. Yeah, listen, it's weird. Like some weeds in the grass, you know. I would definitely install. I would definitely put a ring doorbell up. I mean, I would definitely would because then you can see what's going on, right? And you can review Outside. the footage. And yeah, yeah I would. Yeah, they actually would. say that ring doorbells have caught a lot of criminals, like in the sure. act of doing something, right? I'm sure, I they mean, have. Yeah, where they can like have the, it's like the night cam almost. They can like see what's mm. going on. Well, I always tell so, people too. I mean, if anything ever happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone always says, "Oh, just let the police handle it," and that's not always good advice. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you should let them handle it. Mm-hmm. If one of you goes missing or something, um, or something strange is going We're on, not going to manifest that. Yeah, no, nope, <laughs> just saying. Um, I, I would say definitely. You want to let the police handle it, but also you want to be proactive. And mm-hmm. one of the things, one of the ways you can be proactive is by getting security camera footage. Mm-hmm. And you can do that yourself. You can walk around the neighborhood and ask for that yourself. Oh, wow. Um, oh. So anyway, just a tip. That's so- anyone goes missing in anyone's life out there. Yes. So interesting. Isn't that so interesting? I know. It's like we hear about these stories all the time on the news, right? Like mm-hmm. all of these murders, serial killers. How do you commit the perfect murder? Is there a perfect murder? Is there murder? a perfect murder? Mm, I don't know. Now, I, you- I uh, you know, I'm going to tell you guys something that I found shocking. So mm-hmm. when I started doing this, I also had read the Anne Roll serial killer books. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I was kind of under the impression they always have the plot line of the sort of, um, you know, the detective who never gives up and mm-hmm. the, the really um, talented prosecutor. And I learned when I started doing this job, like Chris Maloney is not going to show up. Mm-hmm. A lot of these towns do not have a crack team of CSI detectives <laughs> right. who don't talk to the people anyway. But anyway, um, so actually like something like 50% of murders in this country are unsolved. So you've got 50%. about a 50%. That's oh like gosh. an average of the clearance rate. Oh. So slightly better in some areas, worse in some areas. Um, so you've got about a 50% chance of getting away with murder. Because my husband, <clears throat> Sean, if you're listening, said that it's really hard to commit murder because maybe he's trying to like die. He's like, Tan, you're never going to be able to get away with it. Because we're having this conversation. I can't remember exactly where we were, but I was like, okay. I was like, if 
if I was gonna kill you, it's like you know, you just play these funny games, yeah. right? Just yeah. as you sounds, do with your own. I was like, sounds healthy. Was gonna no kill judgment you, here. Like it's pretty easy to do, right? <laughs> because I'm in the house with you all the time. My fingerprints are mm-hmm. everywhere. Sure. My hair's everywhere. I could just say that you did it. You like had an act of like you know you were going through a depression, and he's like, yeah, but and he told me all these reasons where you can trace someone's motives, what they're looking up, what they're searching, how the knife was handled, mm-hmm. um, just so many different things that like, you know, his search history, if he's got no um, no reason or like sh- shown that he was depressed in any way, he mm-hmm. talked to his friend, you know, there's it, it actually isn't as easy mm-hmm. as, and then what do you do with the body if you do do it? And then, you know, someone's going to notice that he's missing at some point, you would mm-hmm. hope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a point. I just, I just wrote, uh, I did a podcast about a case where there was a dentist who murdered his, or he murdered his wife. Mm -hmm. And the way that he did it was by, and this was crazy to me, he ordered the arsenic and the poison online from (gasps) Amazon.com, okay, at his dental office. And I'm thinking, and then he put it in her smoothie and it was, it was terrible and tragic, but I'm thinking, why in the world? I mean, how did he think he was going to get away with that? Right. Right. So yeah, to your point, there are a lot of ways to trace it, but you have to have, I guess the police would have to have a search warrant because I've Mm -hmm. also seen cases where the police don't go in the home right away and Mm -hmm. then they've got a big problem because they can't get a search warrant. These things go on for years. Mm -hmm. So you've got, you still have to have a a talented investigator working the scene and good Mm -hmm. technology and not all police departments have that tech either. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's really variable Mm -hmm. in my experience. So So like, okay, let's say it's a husband and wife. Don't they automatically look at the spouse first as the first suspect. Yes. That's yes. like the number Especially one if there's any contention oh, in the yeah. relationship, then right. definitely. Um, but you can also have a case like one I'm working on now where the family, it's an elderly couple mm. and they were killed execution style in their home, oh my gosh. which is you know, crazy. And and all the news reports, a lot of what you see out there is like, oh, it was this nice older couple, mm. no skeletons in the closet. Mm. Um, and then when I did a little research last night, I did a deep dive into the will and I found out there are all these mm. uh, different children, allegations on all these sides about, you know, family drama. He was supposedly hiding secret wives. And wow. I mean, it's there, there can be multiple suspects in the same house too. So that's another consideration. Oh. I don't know how to commit wow. the perfect murder. Um, I would say probably leave the body in the woods somewhere, not have it in your house. Decompose, right? You know, yeah. If you can hide the body, if you can, if you can have a secondary crime scene, if you can sort of stage the crime scene so that someone's looking at the crime scene and then you have the real crime scene somewhere else that right. has been known to work. But there's probably no perfect, perfect mm-hmm. way. Now, you seem like you've got it all together. And your mental health is great. I don't know if me doing your job, my mental health would be so great. But has there ever been a story or a crime that's been committed that's really affected you? Mm. And you've thought about it long and hard or one that it hasn't been solved or and what and why did it affect you? Mm. Yeah, I mean, the first case that I really did as a podcast, what got me started in all this affects me to this day. Mm. It was actually a friend of my sister's, Mm. um, Rebecca Gould. She was a 22-year-old college student. She was murdered in 2004. Mm. And what initially got me into it was I really related to her because she was kind of going through transitional period in her life. She was going to a new school. Mm-hmm. Um, she had moved out of the area, but she was still seeing the old boyfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of kind of had a toe in two different worlds. And um, anyway, what was weird about it was that she dropped this guy off at work in the morning, mm-hmm. supposedly, and then went back to where he was living. And she her plan was to clean up her stuff, pack her bag and go to Fayetteville to pick up her sister. This Mm. is in Arkansas and in a really small town. And uh, then she just disappeared. 
but there was blood all over the residence. Someone had gone into this house and cleaned up. And the police were not looking at the boyfriend or anyone in his family initially mm-hmm. when I got involved. So I was mm-hmm. like, but he, it has to be someone associated mm-hmm. with that residence. Who mm-hmm. else would go in there and clean up? Mm-hmm. You know, why would you go in a stranger's house, kill mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. and then take the time to do the laundry? You right. wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't make any sense. So that's what got me started in the podcast. And I was obsessed with that case. And mm-hmm. someone has been arrested now after the oh. podcast came out. And, and, um, oh. He's behind bars. I still think there's another person potentially involved. So, yeah, I have a lot of sleepless nights invested in that case. Oh, my God. Um, what, what about also like the Gilgo Beach murders that has right. just recently come out, right? In Long Island, the yes. guy Rex, um, yes. the, the, he was like the um, architect that was working yes. in Manhattan. So creepy. So creepy. But one of the gals who I believe was an escort mm-hmm. Even though all signs kind of point to him being the killer of her, I don't think he was formally charged in her murder, right? Yeah. One of them that was found in the swampy kind of area. Yeah. What why wasn't why wasn't he charged in that? Well, I think that there I mean, there are four there were four the go go four. Mm-hmm. Um and I think he is I think he hasn't been charged with one of them because one girl mm-hmm. disappeared under totally different circumstances than the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I remember, a co- former colleague of mine at New York Magazine, um, Robert Kolker, who's mm-hmm. not paying me to say this, I just think it's a great book. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called The Lost Girls that's like amazing about this mm-hmm. whole case. But anyway, um, what happened was she was seeing a client and her driver was waiting out in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And then from what I remember, she got freaked out for some reason. And so the client comes out and he gets the driver to like help get her out of the mm-hmm. house. And then she kind of ran off into the marsh mm-hmm. and her body was found there. And her, so her body led them to the other victims, but the police don't think they're connected because it was just totally oh. different. But I, I don't know. I mean, and that's the other thing. Sometimes there are mysterious deaths where, you know, someone could, it doesn't seem logical that someone could run out in the marsh and mm-hmm. then end up like succumbing to the elements or whatever, but I mm. guess that does happen. Mm. So a big part of this job too is like asking all these questions and like knowing what I don't know mm-hmm. and then finding experts who do know, hopefully. Um, it's so just like the fact that, I don't know, I why do people kill, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that the, the right. biggest question here? Like why we're all born these innocent children, these babies, and then how do we get to Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. Right? Yeah. How do we get there? Is it – do you believe it's, you know, how you were born? It's genetic. It's like a defect, a brain defect. Mm. Do you believe it's environmental? Do you believe it's trauma? Do you believe it's all of it? I mean, you've you've investigated so many different cases. Mm. So, like, is there, like, a thread that runs through uh, that kind of ties them all together? Especially these serial killers. Mm-hmm. There can be. I mean, so most of my cases in serial killer cases, it makes a lot of sense to look for, to look into the mind of the killer, right? Mm-hmm. And to look for patterns. But most of the work I do, it's much more about the victims. It's much more mm-hmm. about understanding their world because, mm-hmm. n- you know, normally the person who killed someone is known to them. I mean, the vast mm-hmm. majority, especially female victims, it's like almost all people known, mm-hmm. you know. So you're trying to understand the victim's world. But I would say in general, I mean, it's a real mix. Mm-hmm. I think that. Some people probably are born, you know, maybe born that way. But I think in the vast majority of cases, something – it's some set of circumstances mm-hmm. um, usually. Some people just have psychopathy from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Some people um, obviously had abuse as kids and things mm-hmm. like that. A lot of people you just can't explain. 
I actually think that just about anybody could kill given the right set of circumstances or have a moment of Mm -hmm. just where rage takes over Mm. and something happens. Or if they're really desperate, I mean, or in my case, if someone threatened my chihuahua, you know, I'm serious. I'm serious. I would not even hesitate. Or if someone's threatening one of your children. I mean, there's, you know, think about those situations. You know, of course, I would have that capacity. I think anyone could kill. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a difference between Mm self-defense than just pure revenge or pure um, evil intention, right? I mean, I think we could all kill to save our child right. or to save our husband or someone we loved. Mm-hmm. But I think it takes a very specific brain to murder. <gasps> to repe- for the sake of murder. repetitively yeah. murder. Right. I mean, they do say the heat of passion, though, is a good. Well, it's number one. Right? Yeah. I mean, the heat of- serial killer, I, I agree. Mm. That's a different set of circumstances. Mm. But, it, but think about, I mean, for example, one of my murders, one of my murders, one of the, one of the cases I've mm. worked on, um, the uh, it was the victim basically was hit really hard. It, it, they were in a fight. Mm. This, this girl and her you know boyfriend were in a fight, mm. and then someone hit the victim really hard once, maybe twice. So what uh. happened? We think happened was that she was hit really hard once, and then after that, it was sort of like okay, I, you know, now it's all over kind of thing. Mm. And so at that point, I mean, you know. I do think about it a lot. I'm like mm-hmm. in that moment of rage. I wouldn't personally put my hands on anyone, but right. I've definitely seen people who I think are capable of hitting someone really hard once. Mm-hmm. And what if that happens to kill them? I mean, so that's what I mean about circumstances There's getting pushed. Accidents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. Yeah, but then once you decide to cover up the body, I mean, right. then, you, then you got another, you know, then so it's So if it's an anymore. accident, mm-hmm. but you freak out, Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel right. like I'm giving all these people ideas. <laughs> but then you freak out and then you cover up the body or dispose of it because you're so scared. Mm-hmm. You're kind of screwed at that point, aren't you? You are, unless yeah. you have a lot of money, unless you're like um, I was Robert scared. Durst. Oh, right. right. I mean, he did that and he yeah. got away with it. Yeah. I mean, if you have a lot of money and lo- and that's where you sort of lose faith in the judicial system when you see stuff like that play out. But um, yeah, you, you've got a big problem. And I always, whenever I speak in schools or anything, mm-hmm. I always tell young people a, get a lawyer. Don't ever believe anyone when they say, we're just chatting in the back of the cruiser. You're not just chatting in the back of the cruiser. Get a lawyer. Don't talk right. to anybody. Don't say anything. And then, um, you know, the second point is you should always um, be careful who you're hanging out with. Mm. Not in a preachy way, but just mm. there's something called the felony murder law. And if you're in a car and someone decides to rob a convenience store and like someone gets shot in the course of that and, and you don't there. say anything, right. you get the same sentence in many states as the people who... Oh, so I said to my daughter, that's yes. what I said to my daughter recently. I said, the kids that you hang out with now. I didn't right. say you might get, you know, what you just said. But I was like, you don't know if they're in bad situations. And the people that you surround yourself mm-hmm. with, you can end up in jail. Felony oh, yeah. law right there. Felony yeah. law. Exactly. <laughs> I should get away from Roxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never Note know. To self, stop being Roxy's friend. <laughs> I'll pull you in. No. You know, one of the most famous cases that we all know about really well is the O.J. Simpson case, mm, right? Yes. I mean, it's been talked about about, I mean, still to this day, it's like just grasps the imagination of so many people. So we know over the course of the case, you know, he tried on the glove. Like there were definitely flaws in the mm-hmm. prosecution's case. But why do you think he truly got off? And do you think he did it? I do, do you think he did it. I do too. Do you? I do. Okay. I, I think he so did it. So three out of three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he did it. Um, I think that it was, I think as to why he got off, he, again, he had money. Mm-hmm. He had very powerful lawyers who were able to sort of uh, 
convince the jury that there were flaws in mm. that system. And I think that they did a really good job of that, um, mm-hmm. the theatrics of it all. And uh, I also, if you, but, and this is why I'm always telling people, go to the original court file. Don't mm-hmm. just like watch what you see on TV. Mm-hmm. So, cause if you look at the original OJ case file, the, the original interview he did where the police sat him down was so softball. They were clearly, it looked like they were fans of his almost. And they, mm-hmm. maybe because mm-hmm. he was wealthy, he was a celebrity. He really was not asked difficult questions at all. And that mm-hmm. was really the only, only interview they got to do. So mm-hmm. if you think about it, I mean, that was a huge flaw right there. They could have tripped him up. They could have kept him talking, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, that's where the case started to fall apart. Just that very basic first interview. And almost no one talks about that. Yeah. But yeah. It was not good. Not good. So you really do believe that the more money you have, the more chance you have of getting off. A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. I've seen it. I mean, I've, I've worked, um, when I've covered trials in New York, you can see if you go, by the way, great idea for date night, seriously, go to the, <laughs> you know, court and watch people all day get sentenced and, and trials oh, go on. And my God, it's actually really interesting. I live right next to the court, but uh-huh. anyway, um, I was in there and, uh, I remember, and you'd see defendants who, you know, come in who had did not have private attorneys mm-hmm. um, and not to say there's anything wrong with a public defender. There's not. It's just they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would get one sentence and then you would see someone with exactly the same charges mm-hmm. whose lawyer had, had a lot of time and money and they would get a very different sentence. And that uh, unfortunately is just reality in a lot of cases. <sighs> yeah. Um, OK. Another poll, guys. Jeffrey Epstein case. Oh, yeah. Who do we think committed that or do you think it was truly a suicide? Like in jail. I'm genuinely conflicted on that one mm-hmm. because, well, first of all, I covered the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Okay. I went to that, which was a whole nother sidebar. But um, the victims, how anyone could doubt the victims after you see the testimony. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would I don't understand. Um, but, you know, I think that there is a chance he could have uh, he could have committed suicide. But okay. also, uh, or sorry, I think there's a chance he could have been murdered. Mm-hmm. However, knowing what I know about that facility, that mm-hmm. facility had so many problems like over the years. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible. I th- I'm 50-50 on that. I don't know. I don't know enough to decide. I'm, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm conflicted. Also, I sent notes to his former cellmate. So we'll see if I get my interview now that the COVID restrictions have been lifted. Did he respond? Oh, yeah. oh he What did, did he say? Just, you know, we, I got, I got a note. Show us the letters. Third, <laughs> yes. I got a note through a third party saying he might be willing to talk if if, uh, and, and apparently he's um, and this is someone who, by the way, is in jail for, I think, m- murdering four people, mm-hmm. um, police officers. Uh, no, maybe not. I, c- I can't remember. But anyway, in jail for murdering four people mm-hmm. um, and but apparently very into rescue animals. So mm-hmm. like he yeah. loves animals. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's like, such I'm a go visit him. I kind of relate, Maybe though. He's, not so bad. <laughs> he's like, animals are better than humans. This is yeah. the thing, though. People are complex. Yeah. I mean, you can it's have people right. who. I've talked to people who've done some. I know they did some terrible things, mm. and then they'll turn around and be really decent people in another context. It's it's really bizarre. Wow. It really is. Such a dichotomy, mm. isn't it? It really is. That's Plus, true. if time, pa- it, you know, and this is another rhetorical hypothetical, mm. but say 20 years pass and the person totally changes, are they the same person? Right. It's just. There's a lot. Do you believe in redemption to either of you? Ooh. And is it dependent on the case and dependent on what you've done in your past? 
I think it is. I think it's individual. I honestly do. I think it's individual. I think it depends on what they did. And I think like it depends on who they are and who they truly are inside, like how evil they are or if they, you know, because some people, I don't know, it's really hard because I feel like some people are just born like that where it's almost like no matter what, they're never going right. to change. They're just right. truly that evil. Maybe other people along the way had abuse in their childhood mm-hmm. and like, yeah. you know, slipped up and it was like, you know, a really horrible thing that they did. And maybe they're regretful of it. You know, it's just really hard because then you see people like the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Mm-hmm. The guy, he looked like he had zero remorse. Like yeah, he looked he like did. a truly evil person, but right? Do you believe in the death penalty? And the problem with the death penalty is there's so many cases that are. Are, are wrong, right? Yeah. There's so many convictions that are they put people in jail that never did the crime. Mm. That's very true. I'm general. I'm genuinely. Um, it, I'm generally can't speak today. I'm generally you had three drinks yesterday. yesterday, yesterday. So. I'm such a lightweight people. Um, I'm a very cheap date, <laughs> but uh, no. So I, I don't really uh, believe in it because it's as you said, it's unfairly um, it's unfairly administered, mm-hmm. and um, you know studies show that. Poor people, certain marginalized communities, it's mm-hmm. the death penalty a lot more. But also, it's mm. really expensive to keep mm. a prisoner on death row. Mm. It costs more to keep a prisoner on death row throughout all their appeals because mm. it takes forever than to keep them in the gen- general population for their entire lives. Mm. So it's not really cost effective. Um, I, I in, in terms of redemption, mm. I mean, I don't think that's for me to decide. I think that's for the victim to decide, honestly. I, I don't really... I don't know. I wouldn't want to judge people. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the person, the victim's family probably would have more to say about that. And I also but, think isn't living your the rest of your days out in jail just so much more of a sentence than, I mean, I feel like dying at some mm-hmm. point is you're at peace, right? Whatever mm-hmm. that means to you. So at some point, it's like you you don't have to live in the hell of being in jail. And I feel like it's way more of a punishment to spend the rest of your life in jail. I mean, Roxy, I don't think thinks that. Maybe <laughs> I'll find out. But I'm like that. Look, look at the food, Roxy. <laughs> yeah. I would Definitely say. not a place for food. Not a Michelin star restaurant. (laughs) No. No. It's just, you know, it's just really hard because, again, I think it goes back to, like, each individual person, right? If somebody is so awful and so terrible and they truly went out and, like, committed these awful, you know, murders and crimes and things and have zero remorse – it's really hard for me. Like, if I was the victim's family, knock on wood, I would never want to be in that position. But, no. like, I'm sure there is a part of me, if I was one of those people, that would want that person to have the death penalty. You yeah, know what I mean? Course. Like, I could totally understand You that. would totally like want an eye that. For an eye. And maybe that's an interesting concept is to let the victim's family decide the punishment. Because there are a lot of victim's families that just want to keep them alive and keep them in jail forever. Mm. Maybe that's an interesting concept. Let the victim's family decide the fate. It's, it's a good idea. I mean, they do yeah. victim impact statements mm-hmm. um how much weight they give them i think it depends on the judge but they they're allowed to i think the victim impact statement to me is really powerful because mm-hmm. i was just in a in a case in rebecca's case when her father got up and spoke it mm-hmm. was i mean heart-wrenching I bet. it was heart-wrenching mm-hmm. absolutely oh. yeah and what what became of that person did they get the death penalty no he they? because okay. the, the evidence um it's a long story but because mm-hmm. so much evidence because the first investigator in my opinion did a really bad job the new guy the new investigator did mm-hmm. a much better one um he, he ended up getting – there was a plea deal, mm. um, and he ended up getting 37 – 40 years. Mm. So he'll oh. serve at least 30, and he's, he's you know, in his mid-40s now. So that effectively is a life sentence. So her father, I know, was consulted on that with, you know, the prosecutor um, – discussed it with him. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, he was happy with that considering mm-hmm. – because if you go to trial, there's always a chance you might lose. Like, look at – I mean, if, if right. one person has doubt or you, you lose faith in the system mm. – 
it can be a problem. You can lose. So I think it was probably it was a good deal, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Did you guys see that story about that young girl who was speeding in the car? Did you see that? And she got life in prison. She was speeding no. in the car. Oh, it's so horrible. I think she was 17 years old. She's mm. definitely under 18. Yeah. And um, she was with her boyfriend and mm. she was drinking and she was going – I don't want to botch this story. Maybe she wasn't. But she was speeding on purpose and she was saying things in the car like they were having a fight. Like, do you want me to speed? And she smashed into a tree. Mm. And she uh, and her boyfriend was killed. Oh and God. she's getting like she's not getting she's getting like thirty years or something okay. wow. crazy. And I just think she made a horrific decision. She's mm-hmm. also when we talk about this all the time, her frontal lobe of her brain isn't fully developed until you're twenty five years old. And she made a really bad decision. That's what I mean about is one one dumb moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Is the intention to kill him or is the intention you know when you're like when you were younger and you were so in love and you know and you're so passionate about right. the guy that you're with and you were saying these things but you didn't really mean them. Sure. And then her words ended up in mm-hmm. you know, the fate of the guy's life. On star or how did they record her? I oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Maybe they were because ca- you know there are cameras like in so many places outside now. You know, like public. Ca- you know, they have cameras like everywhere, like on the streets and everything. Maybe that was. And you how- see her recklessly driving. She's going mm. so far over the speed limit, and she's recklessly driving like she's aiming for. So it feels like she's aiming for something, but she doesn't die, and her partner does. It's so hard, so- and then because I, I I see both sides of that. I totally see. I've been young. I've never done anything like that, but I've made stupid decisions right. and gotten really angry. Um, at the same time, I wonder what kind of attorney she had because I feel like that probably – did it go to trial or did mm-hmm. they – was that mm-hmm. – see, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have gone to trial. Mm-hmm. I might have – Plea deal. I might have done a plea deal in that mm-hmm. case because I do think she deserves some jail time for that. I mean, and if I was the victim's family, I would I would certainly want that. Mm-hmm. Um it's very tragic. I feel like with that type – I mean, and I'm not a lawyer, um, mm-hmm. but with that type of evidence, I would definitely – I would have done a deal. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have taken a chance on a trial like that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Because a plea deal would have given you, let's say, let's say she got 30 years. What would a plea deal around about? I mean, this is a total guess, but mm-hmm. I would say maybe something like 10 years, right? Oh, you yeah. know, um, but then you get time off for good behavior and things like that. So she might have only, I mean, and again, wild guess, maybe served five or six years, which to me seems, you know, I, I think that that would be reasonable. I think mm-hmm. I would have taken it, but I can, I'm, you know, it's a gamble. It's a mm-hmm. real gamble to not to go to trial like that. Yeah, I would be shocked if her team didn't appeal, you know. But another crazy case that's just come out is the Danny Masterson yes. case. Okay, Ooh. guys, we need to like break this one down because mm-hmm. it's all over. What do we think? Do we think that the the punishment fits the crime? The alleged if, crime, if, if the it crime happened, was real, okay. yes, then it did fit. The time did fit. Correct? I think so. If if it, if the crime, like as you said, if it was, pr- I didn't really, I know about it, but I haven't read in depth on it. But mm-hmm. if if yes, I mean, if the allegations were true and mm-hmm. if he was convicted of these things, then mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, thirty years, right? I say put rapists away forever. Right, right. Uh, absolutely, I'm on, on that side too. And I don't know this case, so I'm not talking about this case. But sometimes I don't – there are alternative motives, right? But oh, I agree with, with you. women. Mm-hmm. I agree you know? with you. I'm, I'm always saying um, – I think it's really widely misunderstood when people say believe the victim. Yes, that means mm-hmm. if one of you comes to me and says, hey, something bad happened, of course I'm going to believe you, mm-hmm. get you help, try to you know go through law enforcement or not, whatever you choose to do. That to me is what that means. Mm-hmm. It means create an environment where women are believed. But – 
just automatically believe someone just because they said something mm. to me goes against everything I've learned as an investigator. You're right. supposed to verify information. You're supposed mm -hmm. to do an investigation. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. I do think there's a huge difference between, I mean, with Russell Brand, you see these things come no, out. I think yes. he's... And I mean, yes, but but like there's a right. difference between things being in the media and convicted in a court of law, like right. Right. Masterson or um, Ghislaine, I can't never pronounce her name correctly, <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell, Maxwell. Mm -hmm. um, because honestly... As I said, I think it's a good thing for people to go to court to mm -hmm. watch these things if mm -hmm. they can, because in that trial, it was very obvious the victims. I mean, when you heard their stories, you're mm -hmm. like, okay, this all, this tracks, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, convicted in a court of law, convicted media, two different things. Yeah. There's a high, I mean, the burden of proof is high, for, mm -hmm. especially for mm -hmm. things like sexual assault. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, so I think in general, um, I agree with you. I think that they get it wrong a lot. I also think they probably get it wrong more often with cases being dismissed too soon with rape mm -hmm. victims. Um, mm -hmm. It's a high. I mean, it's 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 high to get, you know, that bar. I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't in the trial and mm -hmm. I don't know what was said, but you need right. a lot of evidence. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when it's when it's rape, especially when it's rape after right. a long period of time. There isn't physical evidence. Right. Right. Or the track record of going to a therapist office and talking about it or a doctor straight away. So mm -hmm. there's those those types of evidence that when you don't have it, it's harder to convict people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of the cases in the past, um, certainly with the with the Maxwell trial, a lot of it was about that person maybe reaching out to friends at the time and they would talk to friends mm -hmm. and they, they would try to build this picture of credibility of mm -hmm. the victim. Mm -hmm. And they did a really pretty thorough job. And also then they would try to figure out what dates mm -hmm. were, you know, went where and where he was on his plane on these dates. And mm -hmm. um, so there was a lot of, they did a lot of corroboration actually. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you're talking anything, murder, mm -hmm. anything 20 mm -hmm. years later is hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Since his name came up, Russell Brand, mm -hmm. what, what do we think about this case? What, I mean, I don't, again, like I'm, I'm, I hate to come out and here's what I think. I think, um, I think it's, I, in general, I believe, um, you know, victims. Mm -hmm. I, I think also though, um, I would like, I, I have a problem with people being canceled right away. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, like BBC yeah. iPlayer took down Russell Brand's, um, videos. And I thought that was, I think that's wrong because mm -hmm. that sets a dangerous precedent. I don't like any censorship. Mm -hmm. I think people can choose to cancel a person, right. but for a company to do it just based on an allegation to me seems like the wrong move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But should wait, wait, wait. You said people could do it. Let's mm -hmm. talk about cancel culture. Okay. Because I think cancel culture doesn't give room for a person to uh, – and again, there are different types of mm -hmm. crimes, but doesn't give room for people to grow or change or develop or understand their – because what is not okay now mm -hmm. was very okay, you know, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were – Totally. Like, when mm -hmm. I was growing up, I just posted a video of, like, you know, these people in the media talking about women's bodies mm -hmm. and talk show hosts saying, you know, well, she was fat or she was thin or get oh, on yeah. the scale. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these things that were normalized mm -hmm. as I was growing up in the 90s. Yeah. And, you know, we were okay with heroin chic. We were okay with, like, no breasts, no butts and bones. I mean, I was – I had anorexia. And my, I was working on a TV show and no one talked about it. Like it yeah. was okay. But the things that were said then are were normalized. Mm -hmm. And we have now seen the errors. Mm -hmm. um, and we you can't do that anymore. So then mm -hmm. people who are being can canceled for things that they did 20 years ago, mm -hmm. is that okay? Well, I don't think – I mean, honestly, I wouldn't cancel anyone – 
What I meant was, I guess, it's your choice whether to. Right. It's your choice. It's ultimately you've your choice. Them if you cancel them or not. I don't. Right. I mean, I tend not to. I, I agree. The norms were so different when I was mm-hmm. growing up. I mean, mm-hmm. the We've jokes all done that people. We've something wrong, right? right? We've all said something wrong or we, that mm-hmm. we didn't know was not the right thing to say. I, I was mean, dating much older guys when I was 16. Same. Yeah. If anything happened, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. today, and it was it was just kind of okay. And people yeah. just mm-hmm. kind of were like, yeah, that's just how it is. And you look older and you're tall and, mm-hmm. you know, and my first boyfriend was 30 and I was 17. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, in the and, same. And no one even thought about it. No, 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 no one said anything. No, no one said also, anything. I lived in Paris, and I mean, let me yeah. tell you, back then anything went, went in Paris. Right. I mean, right. it was just just how it was. Yeah, I know. So, no one, no one read, raised a red flag at that time, mm-hmm. except maybe my parents. My parents, my parents did yeah. too. Were like, I'll talk to you why? through letters. Yeah. <laughs> why does your boyfriend have a beard? Yeah. 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 Why is he like, and you know, yeah. yeah, why does he have a retirement fund? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, oh, why are you eighteen dating a thirty-two-year-old? This, what does he, what does he? find interesting in you right. as a teenager. And back then right? we think, and we're like, oh, it's because yeah. I'm so mature. And, right. I'm just, and right. now you realize. Yeah, we love older guys. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But they, do you think, what do you think about cancel culture? I mean, I think, okay, let's take an example, for instance. Like, let's say Bill Cosby, right? Mm-hmm. So Bill Cosby, Should obviously. Right. Right. Should be canceled. So obviously, we—I I mean, I have personally have not seen any of the shows being rerun, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. So that to me makes sense. But perhaps if it's something where you just somebody said some stupid one-off comment, you know, or something here and there, of course, of course, like, like Amy it, Schumer made a joke the other day of how Nicole Kidman was sitting at the U.S. Open, and mm-hmm. people are like, "We want to cancel you," and she's like, "I'm a comedian. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't talking about the way that she looks. I'm just—that's my." shtick you know yeah and also if we can't laugh at ourselves a little bit right. it's like there is no room for comedy no no you know no. there's not i think it's, there's, I think there's the, varying degrees of it right but yeah i think the sensibilities are different now too i mean and but i would i would say it's it's difficult because i can again i can understand the the want to cancel someone right but i still watch Chinatown and Rosemary's Baby, even mm-hmm. though Roman Polanski's a you know convicted rapist, I still right. watch those and enjoy those movies, and mm-hmm. I don't really know how to feel about that inside. Right, right. Um, and so I just, I, but in general, I tend to really strongly lean away from any censorship of anything. I think it should all be out there, and it should be individual whether or not people consume it or not. Okay, <laughs> let me ask you guys this: What about Michael Jackson? I knew you were going to say music. that. I was like waiting for yeah, it. Yeah. I still listen to Michael Jackson. Do you still and listen enjoy to it? it? And do? I don't. And okay. I don't. It wasn't. Dude, I, oh. It, it we haven't really come to he hasn't been convicted. Right. I know he's not around, but we don't we still don't fully know. Right. It's a tricky one, right? Yeah. It's hard because it's like there was no positive conviction. You know, I mean, there was no definite conviction for him. Mm-hmm. But also, but you, I mean, the stories when, are compelling, though, the, the victim. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would victims, not let my child, know. you know, there's no way. I mean, it's very strange. The whole sleepover situation is very strange. But he mm-hmm. was a very strange. He was a very strange man. Man. Yes. But regardless of any of that, to me, I mean, I enjoy the music. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, since when do artists, I mean, artists were never sort of the most stable people or right. law-abiding people on the planet, mm-hmm. um, sort of paragons of virtue. If anything, it's the opposite of that. So to mm-hmm. me, I enjoy the music as for what it is. It's mm-hmm. a piece of art. I enjoy it for that. I don't have to love the artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, half the guys with art hanging in the Metropolitan Museum probably did some really depraved stuff in their private life. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard to know where to draw the line. So, so. you think separate the art from the artist? Yeah. Do you I, that's what I do. Yeah. Do I think, pick and choose. Pick and choose. Uh, I can't separate it when it's 
when it's pretty hard. Like Bill Cosby, I won't watch any right. of his shows. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will listen to Michael Jackson music. Okay. Got it. Got it. So it's like a okay. Right. It's like a case by case. I, mean, I don't even know cool. if I could yeah. enjoy just say Russell Brand really does come out with these uh, horrific things that he's done in his past. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could enjoy watching him anymore. No, yeah. That's Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't it, it's a it's a hard thing for me. Yeah, it's really what hard. About you? Yeah, you know it's hard for me. I have to say, like with Michael Jackson, I was always a fan growing up of Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. love thriller when it first came out. Like all the things, but I do have to say it's been a little bit harder for me to press play on his music. Mm. Just even though we, again, there was never a conviction, like a, you know, definite conviction. And these are all like alleged, you know, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Not uh, how many drinks did you I have know, last night, Roxy? She also had three. Maybe okay? I did. Maybe she also I had did three. It. I'm on my I period. Feel- you guys had three. It's, <laughs> a, it's a real shit show. This even, episode. even though these are alleged accusations. I will have to say it has been hard for me to press play yeah. on his music because it does play in the back of my mind, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's been hard for me to separate the art from the artist. But you are right because mm-hmm. you had said that, you know, how many artists are p- pretty nasty people? Yeah, like, right, and, right. And, you know, when the whole thing with Brad Pitt came out, Brad Pitt has been touted to be this really nice, mm-hmm. you know, Midwest guy who, you know, yes, ma'am, open the door, you know, and and we've seen, you know, glimpses into his life that he's really maybe not that. Mm. And that kind of shocked everyone. Right. And they still believe that he is, you mm-hmm. know, but we don't know. And I think it's just like the only, the people that have come out with these stories, mm-hmm. there's so many more that we just haven't seen. Don't right. take 12 Sorry. monkeys away from me. I know. Me. <laughs> please. Please. And don't I won't. Louise. He's still, he or I can't. Troy, that yeah. was a very nice uh, piece of art. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm... We don't yeah. mind Brad Pitt in Next to Nothing. <laughs> She's like, I'm still fantasizing. He's still my go-to when I yeah. shut my eyes and have sex with my husband. <laughs> Brad. I mean, David. Brad. Brad, David. Keanu. Have you ever, uh. have you ever, ever accidentally said the wrong name? <laughs> just call everybody yeah. honey. That's what you gotta Is that do. What yeah. You, oh, yeah. I, just I call everybody honey. honey. I love it. Yeah. No. No first names. No first names. That's name. just a recipe for disaster, right there. <laughs> Keep it simple. I love that. I love hey, that babe. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll have to think of the pet names. Fun. Fun pet names. Well, that's like yeah, the fun when, you, when you're getting when you're dating someone and you get these texts and you start to suspect. You think, did they send this to a bunch of people? <laughs> yes. And see, yeah. they hit up a bunch of different people and just see who replied. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. You know what? I just it just hit me. Like being married to you or dating. I was just about <gasps> oh to my say god, that. yes. Must be so tricky for the <laughs> yeah. guy because he's probably like she's an investigative like journalist. She mm-hmm. knows exactly what like where I'm coming from. Like and she's can't probably trying to figure out like mm-hmm. everything. Do you find that when you're dating or when you're with somebody? Sometimes, but in my private life, believe it or not, I'm actually really I'm romantic. I, I actually have a very strong idea of privacy. I would never okay. invade someone's privacy. Because mm-hmm. believe me, I'm a trained private investigator too. And I'll tell you that way lies madness Mm -hmm. as soon as you don't have trust and you start looking through people's Mm -hmm. stuff it never ends it's not like you're gonna look at once and it's gonna be satisfied Mm -hmm. and i've seen this play out so i unless there's some situation where you desperately need to know just for your own closure but Mm -hmm. you already kind of know Mm -hmm. and as a pi i'd have that happen i had some lady tell me she wanted me to follow her boyfriend and i kind of didn't want to do it and i said what makes you suspect he's cheating and she said well i found underwear in the glove compartment of the car and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay so you know he's cheating Mm -hmm. you know we usually always know right anyway no in my private life 
And I, mean, I he? think I'm great. I'm single, but you know, I'm sure that's not related at all. <laughs> they tend to either really love it or hate it. Okay. Either they really are into it and they're into the whole Nancy Drew thing or they're mm. not. Uh. I don't. And also I use dating websites and it's obvious what I do. Mm-hmm. So any, a cheater would probably not seek me out. Or if they right. did, they would have to be <laughs> crazy. Really good. If you think about it. Right. I'm like, dude, I know where you live, your name, your name, everything. Right. But, but the know. girl's husband with the underwear in the, in the glove compartment was cheating. Uh, yes, he was cheating. <laughs> yeah. I ended up, I didn't follow him, but I did some, I did some sort of due diligence and, but, but the crazy thing is I always ask people, mm. uh, what do you plan to do with this information? Do you really want to know? Mm, and right. if the answer is, okay, I need this so that I'll decide custody for my kids or something important, I'll do it. But mm-hmm. if not, if they're just going to stay in that dysfunction. Then I, I, I won't do it. You I didn't want to do it. And no. do people pay well for that? For surveillance? Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. I don't do it anymore. I only had oh. private clients for a little while. I'm an investigative journalist now. But mm. yeah, I mean, surveillance can be, when done correctly, you need at least two investigators. Because okay. think about it. Think mm-hmm. about New York City. Right. right. You're trying to follow. Think about in the winter. Oh. All you have is a picture to go by. Right. Oh now you're outside a building waiting for, for example, a white middle-aged man in a suit to walk out. Right. Think about how hard that you're is. You're like, don't send me to Wall Street. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a store. I mean. I've yeah, done a lot a, of surveillance. Tell us a crazy surveillance oh, story. Yes, go, yes. Crazy, have to tell yes, us yes, okay. okay. So, so a man asked me to, he had a girlfriend actually for a long okay. time and uh, they were long distance and he suspected that she was seeing someone else, but she was insisting she wasn't. And he just found it really hard. He mm-hmm. kind of knew, but he, he just wanted to know for sure because mm-hmm. she's telling him, and I'm sure you all relate to this, mm-hmm. you're crazy. That's mm-hmm. not going on. And he just wanted to know. Mm-hmm. So um, he hired me and my, I have a male partner that I would work with. We went to a five-star hotel in New York. We checked in, mm-hmm. kind of posing as a couple. Okay. We um, had surveillance on this man's apartment across the street. Okay. We followed um, him around. We actually followed the guy we thought she was seeing around because okay. her building had really good security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we went to a fundraiser where I changed into kind of a ball gown. Mm-hmm. We ended up going um, – we followed him around all night, um, and it turned out that, you know, in fact – she was. was. Yeah, he was. They were sleeping together. And mm. I remember the client calling me and saying, um, well, what are they doing? And I said, they're in his apartment. The lights are out. And he's like, what are they doing? And I said, I don't know, but I think he can. Another time <laughs> I had a woman um, whose husband, mm-hmm. she she thought that her husband was cheating on her. And it turned out he had this whole separate life. He was Orthodox Jewish. Oh, wow. Long story short, we followed him to a strip club where I went in and had to once again go in and talk. He had prescription pads written out to different names. He was like maybe dealing drugs on the side. Oh, my god. He gave, I think the reception gave him a blowjob in the parking lot oh and my, my partner and I saw the whole thing and we're talking in our cars we're like what's going on oh and then gosh. the next then I followed him he got really high mm-hmm. and he went to Trader Joe's and bought all these <laughs> chips and stuff and I had video of this whole thing because I'm, <laughs> I'm in the next aisle and then the next day when we showed it to the client right. all this stuff she's like, like He's eating. Um, those are non-kosher tortilla chips. That was her big, and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. Okay, <gasps> that's what you, you took ever away from get that. Afraid oh, wow. that someone might hurt you, yeah. Because I mean, you've ruined their life, right? I mean, right. by 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 her knowing, mm. it's ruined his life. He never knew it was me. He never that's, knew. No, that's he just amazing. she just told him she had the information. He never knew it was me, and he, he never, never put knew. it together with me. So that was good. Would uh-huh. you um, ever fear that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the case, my first case, the Rebecca Gould case. Um, mm first podcast case, the killer called me while I was staying in my grandma's cabin. I found out much later that's who that was. Of course, put two and two together. Oh my! He also got on social media on my friend's group and 
Yeah, he was. What did he say on the phone? Yeah, what did just he... not. I mean, he was kind of just trying to mislead the investigation. Mm. He had theories, but th- at that point, I was getting lots of calls like that, so mm. it didn't register as anything weird. It was only in hindsight that I realized he's this creepy killer who right. sexually assaulted a bunch of other people over the years, and you know, allegedly. And so, I uh, yeah, that that was a little freaky, but. In general, I'm more pissed off than I am than I am scared, and that gets me through. I think I'm just mm. pissed off. It shouldn't be like this. Victims should have justice, and right. they should not be done this way by the police when that does happen. And mm. so, you know, I'm just not going to let it. I'm not going to let these assholes like decide what I do or don't do. Mm. How do you not have nightmares though, especially in like these creepier cases? Like, how do you separate the? You know, I feel like actually working. I'm going to be obsessed with it no matter what, my uh-huh. brain, the dark side. So it, it gives me some measure of control over it mm-hmm. rather than just sort of being anxious about it. That's right. that's how I that's how I'm wired. I don't know why. It just oh, is. Wow. <gasps> well, thank you so much for coming on thank the you show. So much. We need so a part fun. two. <laughs> so Please. Fun. Next know, time we're in New York City, we would love, love, love to have you back on. And where can people listen to your podcast too? So um, this is my new yes. favorite podcast. Yes. I know. True um, crime. Hell and Gone, you can listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. It's an mm. iHeart podcast. Uh, and we have the brand new show coming out on September 21st, which is Hell and Gone Murder Line, which I'm going to be doing cold cases all year, not just Ooh. when we're in season. Hell and Gone's eight episodes about the same case, and this mm-hmm. is going to be year-round. I'm going to be on the road going to different towns. So if you have a cold case, please reach out. Oh, my gosh. You guys reach out. We can yes. do we can do another yes. collaboration. Yes. Please. I would love that. Cold cases are like... I'm like, we want to come wow. to your show, but I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Nothing really bad's happened to us, really. Oh, okay. Come on. I'll get you as investigators. I'll have you undercover. I would love you. Oh, my God. I can I be undercover? I'm a really good investigator. You'd be great. Although my poor husband once, I was like, he's definitely cheating on me. And I think he just, he just, um, he ate chocolate, non-kosher chocolate. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he, was just, he just wanted to like, he, he wasn't at all. He was just like, I, I found, I was, you know, when you. Did you find about, a rapper? When you're about to get like your period and you go kind of crazy and you're like, he's not talking to me. He must be cheating. And I just, all I found was like a whole junk food drawer in his bottom of his. Of his desk, wow. and I was like, out of everything that I looked through, this was like ten years ago. I found a chocolate roll, and I was like, "Wow!" Oh. Well, he cheated on that part. Oh my God! <laughs> oh so, no, girl. But there's no, there's no, so. yeah, there's no safety deposit box or hunting knife. I think you're good. You're yeah. Yeah. Like a nice guy. Well, I'd love to be an investigator. I'm your, I'm your girl. Yes, we should like go. Roxy undercover. will talk too much. She'll I, be like, <laughs> she'll tell me exactly what's going. I'm like, you're giving it away, <laughs> Roxy. We've got to know. We've got to know. <laughs> yeah, she'd be too. So but thanks guys Thank so much you. for listening Thank to the show and don't forget to rate subscribe and comment we are women on top official on instagram <laughs> and women on top podcast on facebook and women on top official on tiktok and i am tamin sursak and i am roxy manning and you are katherine townsend and yes. we i love that oh, yeah. voice <laughs> and i'm katherine townsend for today's news on right. <laughs> back at you scott <laughs> and we are women, women on, on top, top.